Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is Kong Song with the Believe in STSU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, place where you can get a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams, and do you believe? This episode, we're going to review what has happened in the past week, talk about the struggles that the women's team is facing at the moment, along with the successes and the pressure that the men are facing at the moment. Um, So let's get into it. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Within this past week, uh, the women unfortunately struggled through two heartbreaking losses. The first one coming on Wednesday via a five-point loss to Fresno State at Viejas Arena. The, the women started out real strong in the first half and was able to hold Fresno State to just five points in the second quarter, uh, going into the half leading by five. Essentially, if you look through any highlights or the tape, you'll see that the Aztecs were able to stay in the game. They were never out of it and had to fight back. It wasn't any of those other types of scenarios. It was essentially... You know, matching blow for blow, so to speak. And unfortunately, the Bulldogs were able to get the last shot in. Um, Taylor Calmer led the Aztecs with 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. Sofia Ramos uh, got 10 points but had a tough shooting night with just 4-14 shooting. And again, it was just one of those games where... um, How do I put this? What's a good analogy here? It's okay. So I'm playing a lot of, uh, a lot of Call of Duty lately, right? And it's basically like you are, you feel like you're doing everything you can. And no matter what, it just seems like you're just a hair too late, you know, a fraction too off to the left or a fraction off to the right. And you, for whatever reason, it's just not translating in the game. And that's sort of the sentiment that I got with this particular game against Fresno State. It, it's a good thing in the sense that, you know, despite the loss, the fact that they're able to stay competitive just means that they can hang with anybody in the conference. The flip side is that's the next level is to be able to close games like this out. And you have to be able to pull a run together that really puts it away. So. You know, what started as a competitive game ended up being a tough loss. And if you thought that was tough, try the game at Nevada, losing by a not quite last second layup, but a a layup with three seconds left by Deja Hamilton. Unfortunately, the Aztec women were not able to get a last second shot off. I feel like the, the two girls who lead the way in scoring, Taylor and Sophia, led the way with 19 and 16 points, respectively. Uh, Dorn Stoddard came off the bench and contributed with 11 points. And 
it was just another heartbreaking way to lose. That makes three losses in a row, drops him down to seventh place in the Mountain West Conference. The good news is, you know, they're still in contention to be in the tournament. I believe it's the top nine seeds. And there's only a two-game difference between them and all the way up to fourth place. So, as you can imagine, you know, the upcoming weeks will be very crucial, especially as they play these games against teams that are directly ahead of them. And hopefully they can learn from these um, experiences and find ways to close it out. And that's just the next level to be, to go from a good team to a great team. You have to be able to close these games out. You can't rely on luck. You know, the refs, the ball bouncing a certain way. You have to be able to go out there and execute plays down the stretch. So I still have faith in the Aztec women. I mean, these types of games, despite losses, are showing the type of fight that they have and the type of potential that they have. So by all means, you know, don't lose faith on these women just yet. I am. I feel like they'll be able to turn it around, string a couple wins in a row, and... Before you know it, you know, be a be a real threat in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Moving on to the men, um, the great thing about these guys is that they just don't seem to let the pressure get to them. They don't seem to let the hype get to them. They don't seem to let themselves get to them. They were able to win uh, both games this past week, keeping the unbeaten streak alive. Now taking over the lone. Uh, taking over as the lone team in the country with an undefeated record. We'll get into that a little bit later. They started off with a 64-55 win at Fresno State. That was a grinded-out tough win given sort of the history against Fresno State since Coach Hudson took over there. Um, Coach Hudson has done a great job in that program, and I believe we were 2-5. and five. I think that was the record. I know we lost the last two against Fresno State, so... By no means was this a cakewalk at all. Uh, Malachi Flynn led the team with 22 points. Yanni Wetzel with 17. And Fresno State was hanging in there. It was sort of a back-and-forth affair up until uh, mid to late in the second half. I think San Diego State was just able to string a couple more scoring streaks together than Fresno State was able to get the stops that they needed, hit timely threes to be able to uh, put the game away. And that was a really tough win. I'm really proud of those guys watched that game, and it was very anxious, and I'm just a fan. So I can only imagine sort of the pressure they feel trying to pull that type of game out on the road. So good job by them. And on Saturday, a 68-55 to win against Nevada, um, Nevada has the conference's second leading scorer in Jalen Harris, and he started off red hot with 16 in the first half. The Asics were able to turn it around and hold him to just three points in the second half and hold the Wolfpack to a very tough second half, I want to say. Um, I'll pull it up as we speak. They, they were, down 35-33 going into halftime. And they were able to pull out by outscoring Nevada 35-20 to in the second half. And that was a very impressive feat to be able to sort of 
get their mind right, get together, um, and win as a group. Uh, Wetzel was sort of the star in the game against Nevada. He had a 17.16 rebound game. I don't think he missed from the field, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was really able to show off his skills. That week, in addition to these grinded out wins, which on a side, a side note, I think you see the difference of what happens if you have that next level. We have four games, two by the women, two by the men that were very tough, grinded out type of games. And what separated the losses from the wins were sort of being able to string up the extra run to be able to hit those extra couple of shots to get those extra couple of stops. And I think the women are on their way and the men are currently there. So going back to the men, it's a big week for them outside of just their two wins. Number three, Duke lost to number 11, Louisville. Number four, Auburn lost. And they were the other team that had the unbeaten record at the time. And number five, Butler lost. So going into the week, this men were number seven. And this could potentially be a jump into the top five. I mean, that would be phenomenal for this Aztec team to be not even on the map before the season started and all of a sudden being in the top five. Um, and to, to kind of toot the horn a, li- a little bit more, they're doing this without their top shot blocker, Nathan Mensa, for an extended period of time. I mean, this guy, despite just playing 13 games, is the conference's second best shot blocker. So that just goes to show you, if you thought the defense was tough now, can you imagine how much tougher it would be with a guy like him in the lineup? So it's going to be, there's still a lot of optimism and hope that you have for the men, which is incredible given that they're uh, seventh in the nation right now with an undefeated record to be able to take that type of team and say, hey, there's still more good things to be hopeful for is is pretty crazy. It's a scenario where I guess the rich get richer. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm recording this on a late on Monday. So, or I'm sorry, late on Sunday night um, after this tough and fun Niners win. I can't wait to see what Rashawn and Eric have to say on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Um, those are my, that's my team since growing up, and uh, I'm just very excited about that. But going back, for both men and women, for both the men's and women's team, there are things to look for, there are things to watch out for, and overall, I want to say, despite the total record on both sides, there are, there is a sign of hope and optimism for Aztec basketball. I mean, I remember being a practice player there from 2008 to 2010. And that was a quite a run in terms of the, before the Kawhi run, we had DJ Gay and Lorenzo Wade, Billy White and those boys and Kawhi came along and it was a really great time. And when the Kawhi era was happening, it was sort of a first for a lot of things for the Aztec basketball team. And you saw that also on the women's side, which I was uh, happily a part of as a practice player with Janae Morris, uh, the Davis sisters, you have Paris Johnson, um, 
man, Sandra Dixon, you had so many of these girls and they want, they went on their magical sweet 16 run. And it seems like they're sort of working towards making that the standard as opposed to, as opposed to it being these anomalies, exceptions. They're, they're, the ASIC program seems to kind of climb up and trying to make it the norm or set it as um, just being what ASIC basketball is all about. So that's very exciting. Uh, so the future of definitely ASIC basketball looks really bright. So I think that this would help bode well for any future recruiting, which is definitely going to be a topic for a future episode. It should help with gathering the talent pool. I mean, being in San Diego, you have sort of a, a lot of benefits. I mean, given the city, the weather and everything, but also the proximity to a place like LA where there's a lot of talented high school players place like Phoenix and in Arizona, Nevada. I mean, you get to travel to these places and leave an impression on these next generation of great basketball players. And the greater that the Aztec do, Aztecs do, I believe that they'll be able to start pulling in a little bit higher rated high school prospects. Um, I think this particular team was well put together and it was via a lot of transfers and a lot of uh, these, uh, sorry, just transfers. But I think the next step as a program would be able to get garner those four and five star athletes in bunches. I mean, you see that going on with a lot of these great other programs like a Duke, uh, like a Gonzaga, like a Auburn, like a Kentucky. And yes, I understand that that doesn't always translate onto records, wins, losses, but it helps set the standard and it helps bring in the future uh, basketball players, the future stars a lot easier. And I think that that's, as a program, what I hope that they're aiming for. So if you enjoyed this episode, again, please rate and subscribe us, subscribe to us on iTunes. We are available on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. My name is Kongsan, and I am at N-A-S-G-N-A-K on Instagram. And if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact us at Believe.com. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to get into previewing what's coming up, what it means for the men and women's team, what's on the line, a quick refresher course, into the week ahead. So until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 